0: Good morning, friends. Good morning. I am just so grateful, so grateful to be here with you today. It's been a great couple of weeks after we've moved here. Let me just tell you how welcoming and how encouraging you all are. Just this morning, I've gotten a half dozen texts. I've had three people stop me and ask to pray with and for me before this uh, message today. And I have a feeling that's just who you are. And I'm very grateful for that. You, you had, there, there's no way I'm not going to be nervous on a day like today, but I think I'm less nervous uh, than I might have been because I just I feel your encouragement, and I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful to the staff here and to the elders and to the search and transition teams, those who were on stage a minute ago and, and so many others uh, who put in such work uh, to... to to make this happen, done so many things to make our transition easy. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard being new in a new place, uh, but you make it easier. And so we are grateful to be new members of the Preston Road Church. If you're new here, by the way, we are too. So we'd like to get to know you, the Clevengers. You know, hey, we're join the New People Club. Um, we... Uh, but, but if you're if you're a guest today, or if you're new for any reason, we're so glad that you're here and welcome. We'll, we'll share the experience of being new people here at this congregation together. I do need to take just a moment to thank a few folks by name who have been important in my journey and who have helped me get to this point. There are uh, some folks that I think their names may have been on the screen, but uh, friends like David Duncan and Mike Cope and Eddie Sharp and Carson Reed who have been resources for this congregation and for me as we have discerned together. I know there were others who were part of that. I've had incredible mentors and coaches. You heard Brad mention Lynn McMillan, and I'm very thankful for him and his influence on me. I wish he could be here. I know he wishes that too, but we'll see him soon. And I've got great coaches and mentors like Jim Martin, who leads Harding School of Theology, who's done just a lot of intensive leadership work with me and who has made all the difference in the last few years of the kind of minister I want to be. And even more recently, people like Arthur Morton and Sean Palmer, who have helped me uh, with preaching, and I want to do really well at that and continue to do well. And I'll take all the help I can get, and I'm grateful for them. And people like John DeSteiger and Bailey McBride, who've been good friends and mentors to me, and I want to thank my family who is on this journey with me and that we've all been various shades of scared and excited about this. But I'm very thankful to my wife and kids, to Aubrey and Mariah and Jaden and Miles. They're just they're great and they feel at home here and that's in so many ways due to you. I also need to say that this is sort of a fun time to come into ministry at a new place. And the last couple of years were not that fun For ministry, for many of you in whatever role you have in different places, it was hard. And Wade and the Hodges family were here doing ministry when ministry was really hard. And that leadership and preaching I know was important during difficult seasons in 2020 and 2021. And uh, Wade's been gracious to me, He's, uh, we've met for coffee, he sent me an encouraging text this morning. So I just need to acknowledge uh, those who have gone before, and most immediately that's Wade and the Hodges family. I'm thankful to them and the work that they did at this congregation in the past years. We loved our time at the Memorial Road Church. I was there 14 and a half years. I love those elders. I miss my co-workers all the time because we were such good friends. I crossed the Red River into Oklahoma in 2000 and went to college, did some more schooling, stayed up there for a job. Oklahoma has been very good to me for the past 22 years. But I am a Texan. (laughs) I am a Texan, and so I feel like I've come home. And we've spent a lot of time in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, my family would drive from Wichita Falls, we'd time the games just right and get down here to watch Nolan Ryan pitch in the old Arlington Stadium, the old, old Arlington Stadium at this point. Uh, Aubrey and I would drop the kids at my parents and come down here for weekends and people would say, you know Wichita Falls isn't really on the way from Oklahoma City to Dallas and I would say, well, when there's free weekend childcare, it's on the way. Um, Aside from Wichita Falls and Oklahoma City, we've probably spent, this is like number three on our list as far as frequency of time we've spent somewhere. So we don't feel like we're brand new to Dallas-Fort Worth and really not brand new to my knowledge of Preston Road. I've heard about you for a long time and been grateful for what you're, for what I guess our church, right? I'm here now, for what our congregation has done to serve the community. You've got a great legacy of leaders, of service And so, uh, and I've known Farland for several years. We've been friends. So I don't feel like I'm just learning all about you uh, from scratch. I've been very grateful to watch what you have done over the past years. And I, you know, I wasn't looking to make a change. But I, Aubrey can tell you this I had thought for a long time, you know, if I ever did go anywhere else, it'd kind of be neat to go to Preston Road. I love that place. I just never thought it would happen. And I keep people keep saying, oh, yeah, you're going to Preston Road. That's a great spot. You know, they've had great preaching there. They've had Randy Mayu and Lynn Anderson and Scott Sager and Wade Hodges. And I'm like, oh, man, that's intimidating. What am I doing on that list? So I don't know where I will land on people's list uh, as I preach here. But here's what I'll tell you. I'll always come up to this stage prepared. I'll give you all I've got. And I will love you with all my heart. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be here. Would you pray with me? Father, uh, for this day and these good people who have gathered, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to preach and to lead and to serve alongside them. Uh, For all the people who put in so much work during this transition time, I'm, I'm thankful. So as we begin this new journey together, we ask your blessings. And we give you all thanks. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you can look around this beautiful room and this building. You can drive up and down the streets and you can tell it's Christmas time. And with Christmas time in church, that means we start to read the birth stories of Jesus. I always find it interesting but understandable that when we read the birth stories of Jesus, we just sort of skip over the first half of Matthew 1 and the first half of Luke 1 because it's just genealogies bunch of names and so if I'm reading the Bible myself I'll just you know just kind of skip past that and I want to get to some teaching and some action and if I have to read scripture publicly I definitely don't want to read a genealogy because that's just a chance to mess up names in front of a crowd repeatedly which I have done so I I kind of don't want to read those it's just a bunch of random names and genealogies don't seem all that important to me But a few years ago, I went down the Ancestry.com rabbit hole. Have you been there? They make it very, very addictive, right? Because they keep emailing you these clues they found, and you keep giving them the clicks. Go in and find these things. And so I began to learn some things about my family. For instance, I figured out who messed up my last name spelling. Some of you may have noticed that my last name is spelled a little bit differently than you might expect, Kincaid, to be spelled. And I've always wondered what happened there. Well, I found the guy. This is my great-great-grandfather, W.B. Kincaid. And so I started looking, and, and on the census records, his last name, when he was a kid, was spelled traditionally, like all the siblings and the parents. And then as the years went on, he began to spell his last name differently, like you see there on the screen. No one else in the family did. And I started asking family members about that, and they said, well, the story is he was on the run from the law, and he thought that maybe a few tweaks to the last name would help. Now, I don't, I don't have any prison records from him, so I guess it worked. But this guy, do you know how much time this guy has cost me of my life explaining things? Every phone call with a support representative, every pharmacy counter, this is the conversation that I have. Yeah, it's K-I-N-G-C-A-D-E. Yep, yeah, I know, there's a G in there. Yeah, it's weird, I know, it's not like you would expect. Yep, no, it's not like that painter guy, no, not at all. So frustrating. He's cost everybody in our family line a lot of time. But in that research, I learned some important and significant things too about the names and people who'd gone before me. I learned uh, about some important geographic places and was able to visit the things that were important in my family line. I learned about ancestors I had who were in church leadership and that was pretty meaningful to me. Those names in that story were important those people mattered and we know this too we know how important names and people are we know that names matter we show up to events and what do we do we fill out name tags we do our best to call each other by our names which i am trying hard to do and so if i ask you your name You might think I should know it by now, and maybe I should, but if I ask you your name again, it's because I want to know it. Because names are important. And when people don't know our names and they don't know us, we can feel pretty insignificant. You know what it's like to feel forgotten and insignificant, don't you? You know what it's like. Maybe it's at your job. And every time they they start handing out raises or promotions, you feel like you've been forgotten. Or you watch your friends enjoy success after success. And you just feel like nothing you do matters. Every time your friends are texting for weekend plans, you just wonder if they just accidentally left you off that group text. We know what it's like. To feel insignificant, and it's very hard, and it's very hurtful. Some of you in the pews might even feel insignificant in this room, and you look around and you think, "I'm—I don't feel important like some of these other people. I can't write the checks like some of these other people I know. I, my spiritual gifts are less valued. I'm just—I'm not that important." And I want you to know that people in the Bible probably felt the exact same way. So I want to turn our attention to Matthew 1 and read a bit of the story of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob... Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. And we could keep going. We're not. But we're going to keep going. And we'd get to David and Solomon, Manasseh. We'd get names through the exile. And we'd find our way down to Joseph, and Mary, and finally to Jesus. Now, I get it. My first sermon, the text I'm using is a genealogy. So some of you are like, all right, Paul, Stan, let's get the search committee back together. That was not not the most riveting text. Part of why it's not that riveting is because we don't know like two-thirds of these people. Now, if we worked together, we could write a little biography of Abraham and uh, David, Solomon, maybe even a few of the kings, Hezekiah, Manasseh. Josiah, maybe we could write a sentence or two about Zerubbabel and the temple. But then we'd probably just skip down to Joseph. The thing is, for most of these names, the only time they show up in the Bible is in a list of names. There's no other biographical details. So imagine like a multi-generational family reunion As these folks get together and and compare significance. What about Azor sitting over here? And he goes, you know, hey, David, you get like a book, maybe even two books in Scripture. And I'm just a footnote. Or Nashon saying, how come everyone knows more about you, Manasseh? You were wicked. You're not even a good person. But they know way more about you. Like, I, my name means helper. I brought an offering. I commanded a division. You can go look it up in Numbers. They don't know anything about me, but they know everything about you, Manasseh, and you're not even a good person. Some people get recognition, and others don't, and it's just not always fair, is it? And I've felt that way, too. I've served in roles where I felt way behind the scenes, and I felt like no one ...cared about how hard I was working or what I was doing. and I've watched friends move up the ladder of their careers and wondered if I had stalled out. I spent a lot of weekends in junior high and high school... ...wondering if someone might want to call. We weren't texting back then. Call and see if I wanted to do something. I have stood outside a lot of circles that I'd like to be inside... So for all of us, I don't care about how much money you do or don't have, I don't care about how much education you do or don't have, your name's significance, your status, we have all felt insignificant and unimportant. People in scripture knew that as well. And yet the years have a way of shaping legacies and remembrances in ways that we don't fully realize and it's always interesting how that works out. I think of how that's worked out here at Preston Road... ...and how we remember things. You know, we remember someone named Brother Aiken... ...who uh, helped a, a fledgling congregation get land at Preston and McFarlane. We remember a man named Eldred... ...who influenced thousands by training preachers. And then we remember how Eldred and Tom and Ray and Riddell... ...perished in a tragic plane crash... And how you could have heard a pin drop in this room a few weeks ago as Eldred's nephew Ben told that story. We remember names of members of this congregation who were moved by poverty and looked at a food pantry and wondered if that could scale. And now there's a nonprofit that serves the whole metro area and even other cities in Texas. We remember a woman named Amy who served. In a job that exploited her. We remember how she walked into a, woman's, a women's Bible study here, and those precious women in that room wondered if there were other women like Amy. And now there's another nonprofit, and the mayor of Dallas spoke at one of their recent events. We remember people named Scott and Fred who wondered who the underserved were here in this neighborhood what needs they might have, and now there's a clinic in the basement of this building that sees over 1,000 patient visits a year. There are other names we could add to that list. There are some names on that list who, when I spoke with people, they said, I'd rather you not talk about my name. So there's a lot of humility here, too. So there are more names that could go on that list. Those names are important. Those people are important, and they're worth knowing. But there are other people here who have served in quiet ways whose names we might not remember, but they are just as significant. It's the people who showed up to teach children about Jesus each week. It's the people who prepared and served communion. It's the people who helped set up and clean up for events. It's the people who have served in quiet, behind-the-scenes ways whose names we might not remember as much But that does not mean they were less significant. What they did for God was important as well. I want to finish by turning our attention to one more scripture. In John chapter 6, Jesus and his disciples are on the shore and there's a crowd that's come for healing. But first, before you get healed, you got to have food. And the disciples, they're clueless about what to do. But Peter notices a possibility. And here's what John tells us Peter says. He says, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? And yet those five loaves and two fish fed 5,000 men and untold women and children. And that offering by that unnamed boy was a gospel proclamation because people ate. And you know what they said after that? This is what they said, down to verse 14. Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. No one knows the name of that boy whose small act proclaimed the coming of Jesus into the world. But God knows his name. Every name on Matthew's list mattered. Those people were significant. They paved the way for Jesus. We may barely know them, but God remembers them. Every name in this church's history has mattered. People have done significant things to demonstrate love for God and others. And God remembers their names. Your name matters to God. He does not have to go look you up in some archive. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you've done. And it is significant. No one else may seem to know your name or appreciate what you do. But God knows your name. And God remembers your name. I want to move us from word to table into this weekly time of remembrance. What I appreciate about communion, it it is the great equalizer. All names are equal at the table. And all those names we've mentioned at this church have gathered around this table. We've all done this. And so at this time, we remember the one who always remembers us. Let's pray for the bread. God, we remember your love for us, and your sacrifice. And we do not take it for granted, even though our actions sometimes say we do. And so as we remember the sacrifice of your son Jesus, we eat this bread with gratitude and humility. We pray in his name. Amen. And now prayer for the cup. God, as we eat and drink each week at this table we're filled with awe for all you have done and and in this season as we celebrate the coming of your son Jesus we anticipate the work that you will continue to do in our lives and it's all rooted in the work that Jesus did on the cross and we pray this in his name amen